Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott is still in Nantucket. In his absence, I'm joined by my friend, Aminatou So. She is the author of Big Friendship, How We Keep One Another Close, and the co-host of the podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. We have a lot to talk about. Amina, welcome back to the show. Hi, Kara. How's it going? How are you doing? Good. It's a busy week. I have a busy week. There's a lot going on. I dropped Louis off at college, which went well. Um, and I know. Can you believe he's it? So now he's so in- old now. I mean, that means he's we're with older. He's- I don't like this. He is with you now in New York, Ugh. so you're going to take care of him once you can visit him. But you can drop things off. They have him quarantined in, in, in the dorm. I will can't drop things off. I'll take him to yeah. party. Um, no, you know, no, no just party. the two no of party. us. Just the two of us. No. Dinner parties, no. Kara. Dinner no, parties. No parties. Just the two no of us. People. No, no. We want we want NYU to work out as opposed to all the other colleges. Fair which enough. Have, Fair which enough. Have, you know, in the interest over the weekend. Over the weekend, a lot of colleges closed down, which was you know kind of. When you saw the pictures, you could see why. I mean, I saw a really good TikTok from these two boys who were essentially saying that if they saw anyone partying, they would snitch on them. And it made me really happy. I was like, yes, this is what snitch culture is for. It is for a global (laughs) pandemic. Please tell everyone and bust up all of the parties. This is not okay. Yeah, well, he's having a good time. I left him a ton of food in his room, and he's cooking, and his and his and I get, left him his pots and pans, so he's very. Does happy. Does everyone on the show know that Louis is literally like the best cook in the world? He, he is. He is. I I dropped a lot of dimes at like Russo's and all this, all these and Citerel to get him to make him. Anyway, he was. He's very happy. Let's go a couple of things. Uh, the post office updates. The postmaster general Louis DeJoy. I hate that he has a name like my son. Is halting the changes the post office made in response to the outcry from the public. But of course, he's not rolling back any of the changes. Of course, he could say it now that he's wrecked everything. So what do you expect to happen next? He's coming to Congress. Um, Obviously, this is, you know, they're hoping it's another awful thing they did that's just going to go downstream with the next awful thing they do, like back in QAnon. Um, So what do you what do you think about that? I mean, I find it fascinating that, uh, you know, it takes this amount of public outcry for <laughs> for the Postmaster General basically to say, oh, I guess this kind of looks bad. So in the interest of it not looking as nefarious as it is, <laughs> I'm going to just put it on pause. It's just so nefarious. It's, it's so like, nefarious, so. but also, you know, the, the thing that really, it's just like management failure from the top when you look at it, where you're like, okay, you are literally carrying out your boss's um, you're carrying out your boss's like orders, but now mm-hmm. that you are called into accountability and you have to explain yourself, your boss is nowhere to defend you. Like no one is there to have your back and right. you are accountable to Congress and you're accountable to the American people. And he looks like a coward now. And well, except he's, they've already done the damage. I know right? they've, they've, already, they've already done it. They're going to keep doing it secretly. And the you know it, it's the thing that Mary Trump was talking about. The chaos really is the point. And so chaos is the point. They unleash the chaos, and you can't put that genie back in the bottle. Yeah. And now there is already doubt sown into whether we are going to have a fair election in November. So this you know oh. I was like, don't do it from the beginning, and we're not here as a country. But the, but that's the whole point is to make a mess and then hope that you can um, 
pick it up. Um, secondly, uh, Airbnb has uh, filed to go public, um, but it, it was a surprise. So it looks like that's a good piece of news. I know. Tech. That's a good piece of news. I was excited for them. It felt like, you know, COVID was going to uh, really scuttle that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully this is a good thing. How do you feel about it? I think uh, it's good. I have a little bit of insight. I think their business was picking up more than people realize because people are going near their houses, right? They're renting longer term. So they actually have their businesses is rebounding because people either want to get out of the city or go to a place or have other places to go. And so they have a lot of localized things in this country and other places. There's not a lot of travel elsewhere. Like I'm not going to, you know, wherever Oregon and renting something, but people nearby their areas are, are, are growing rather significantly. I mean, I think that this is a thing that they did really smartly is that they really redefi- redefined what travel was, you know? And mm-hmm. instead of saying, mm-hmm. oh, you have to go to Europe for three months or get on a plane and go far, um, mm-hmm. you know, explore explore travel near you. Anecdotally, I've been getting a lot of their marketing emails. And so some of them are geared towards that, but they're also doing this new anti-discrimination push, which Mm -hmm. I really wonder um, what that's about as someone who, um, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've been discriminated on on Airbnb multiple times. Yes, that was a big issue with them. Um, I mean, it is a persistent issue. So it was just Mm -hmm. interesting to get that email this week, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and then like on the heels of the IPO was like, yes, please um, solve, uh, solve the discriminatory issue on your platform, that'll be better right. for everyone, including you. Yes, 100%. All right, speaking of uh, uh, things that were good news, the, the Democratic Convention, National Convention, is pretty good. It's good TV. I was really surprised. I'm voting for Kerry Washington, as it turns out. <laughs> You're not voting um, for Eva Longoria? Wow, uh, wow. No, she was good too. I thought that was ridiculous. I was like, come on, it was a host, that's all, and they're fine, and they're very political. The hosts, are, the hosts have been great. It's the, good, the it keeps it moving. Like, it keeps it moving. I have to say... This is the way to do a convention, not from the roll call to like the speeches are short and sweet and to the point. And then you got Barack Obama as the best speaker ever, the best speech he's ever given. Um, you know, it was really strong and everything looked different. It felt like, a, I don't know. What do you think? I You're just talking to someone moving. who was like very negative about this whole enterprise from the start. You were. I have you to were. say that my favorite part of the convention, I've been watching every night, my favorite part of the convention has been the roll call um, mm-hmm. because... Uh, America is so big and beautiful. You know, it's so nice to see that every single state is so quirky and weird in its own way. And everyone is doubling down on the weirdness and the quirkiness of where they're from. I hope they do the roll call like this forever and ever and ever. Um, You know, like... The production values could be higher. There was a great tweet. Yeah, there was a great tweet, Kara, about why, um, you know, it's like someone was like, a, why, uh, this is why Ellen has to yell at people. They were like, yeah. uh, fix this. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, who's producing this? This is why Ellen has to yell. I like, I think they're doing it on purpose. I like the quirky. Listen, I think, kind of, I think it's quirky and it's fine. Jerry, the thing that Jerry is like very, telethon kind of the, it is like a telethon, it. which I appreciate. Another thing I think that is like very true and fair is that this convention is very much not geared towards young voters, which I think is a very practical and good choice from the Biden campaign because mm-hmm. um, that is not the that is not the electorate that is going to send them over the top. Um, yeah. They have done the math of that. So whenever I see like people just complaining so much about, you know, like, it's like, where are the young people? Where are the this? Where are the that? It's like, this is not for you. If you are, it's not for us. It's not. They pulled out Billie Eilish. They pulled out. I know, like, but it is not for, um, by and large, this is not a thing to convince us. And also sometimes the production value being so good also like obfuscates the message, like the the violence against women's act and domestic violence mm-hmm. um, piece the other night was very, very, very good. Like, that was good. Mm -hmm. Like, that is an incredible contribution Joe Biden has made to our politics. But also, you know, the Violence Against Women's Act was literally rolled up into the crime bill, the one thing Joe Biden doesn't like to talk about. And also, how can you have a montage of all the women that Joe Biden has been, you know, politically uh, consequential with and not mention Anita Hill. So it's things like that yeah. where you're like, okay, yeah. I see what you're doing. You're putting a band-aid on the whole thing. It looks nice. I can't put Anita Hill up there. Come I, on, listen, this is I am very emotional about it. No, I, like, I I'm telling you, you that I know okay. what the point of the convention is. I think that it is doing right. it well. It right. is oh, also oh. a point of frustration because you're like, oh, this is how we win sure, every it's time. Not, it's not meant to be... The all of Joe Biden, it's his greatest hit. Of course, really. and it's an infomercial. It's like buy, you know. Not, I'm not gonna say my pillow because that lunatic. I know um, that but, was a really uh, good ad before that man came out as a Trump supporter. 
uh, well, I like the one with the, with the paste that goes on everything and keeps everything waterproof. I can't remember flex seal. Um, but nonetheless, I thought it was a very good infomercial. And I think the hokiness was the little quirkiness that it didn't go to the right thing that Nancy Pelosi started speaking before it started. I thought Kerry Washington handed it, handled it beautifully, you know, and you have a feeling, you know, that what they're doing is they're meeting Trump where he is. She's known for scandal right now, even though she's a great actress and lots of things, but she, people are like political, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, they're sort of meeting. They're sort of using a lot of Trump style kind of stuff, but it, with a better narrative. With a, with a, I, I'm really eager to see next week. Listen, uh, I think the adventure. narrative is great. I love, you know, I'm, like showcasing America's diversity has been, it, it was yeah. really moving to see that, you know, yeah. and to be like, yes, yeah. like this is why. We are uh, we are the big tent party. Look at look at how I was counting. Though. I was counting. Look I was at like, everyone. You know, it's like also even you know the the woman who nominated Biden yeah. is literally yeah. and you know like uh, you know she's she's a working Work. person. Next, yeah. you know, I'm I'm interested to see the RNC. I think that will be very different. Give me, give me before we get to big stories. What is the prediction besides like possibly having the cop that? Uh, oh, the RNC. Uh, there, was joke. there was a joke that they'd have the cop that killed who killed George. Oh, George it's gonna be Biden. it's gonna be the hunter. It it's gonna be the hunter Biden show they're literally they're gonna be like you know like Why? because That's hunter so biden ukraine no are you kidding me this is the kind of like quirky stuff they love to do that's right. going to be there. There's definitely going to be like a random, very Joe the Plumber kind of person. Um, probably yes. Scott Bayo. Probably Melania is going to plagiarize Michelle Obama's speech word for word yeah, for well, word. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's going to it's gonna be a lot of... Uh, it's it's going to be very strange. It's going to be all very right, strange. Right. I'm, in, I'm into watching there? it. What do you think there? Who do you think's the host tonight? Is it, It's got to be Oprah, right? Oh, Who's that would be tonight? good. That would be good. Be I did not look it up, but I like. I'm sure it's going to be a superstar. Be a surprise, right? They had Jennifer Hudson. They're kind of like. I'm trying to think who could they get that's kind of a topper. Would if they be got Beyonce Oprah, or... I would be excited. If they got Beyonce, I would be over the top. Beyonce would never do it. Come she on, she would absolutely she never do it. Beyonce would never be the do. one that is nominated for president. Obviously, it's it's. I don't know who is. I wonder who the host is. I think it's got to be Oprah. You think that's so? My okay, point. we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Yes, I feel like that is the case. We'll see. In any case. That'll be nice. In any case, in any case, let us get to big stories. Uber and Lyft are floating, moving to a franchise model amidst gig worker issues as companies grapple with how to work around classifying their drivers and employees. Rideshare services are considering licensing their brand to fleets around California. Uber has already uh, uses this type of model in Germany and Spain. I interviewed Dara Kostrashahi yesterday and we got into it about that issue. He's going to you know, uh, closed down in California, I think today, depending on what the judge says, um, and said a lot of stuff about that. It just doesn't work. And the money is going to cost too much. There's not going to be enough workers. And then we had a, a, a representative gig workers who thought it was all bullshit, this third way of employment. Well, yeah. So what, what do you, what do you, what do you think? We had uh, Vanessa, uh, from, uh, gig workers collective, Vanessa Bain. Well, don't you think, I'm like, is this just me or is this just a return to uh, taxi style <laughs> monopoly? Yeah. Is that what yeah. they're proposing? Yeah. Which is very, yeah. I'm like, oh, this, this is hilarious. Well, they have AB5 that they don't want to follow. And so they have Prop 2 they're waiting for that would, would sort of gut it in a lot of ways. And so, I mean, I think the issue is your business don't work. And I think that's the point I was making to him yesterday is that your business is not sustainable if you have to pay for people. Now, he has, he's been pushing this idea of this third way, that it's not an employee, not an independent contractor, but an independent contractor essentially with certain rights. Vanessa made the salient point that people already have employment rights. Why not just extend them to these people? Um, and then maybe have a number that you worked more than 20 hours a week. You know, if it's people that just do five or 10 hours, that's different, obviously. Right. I mean, the thing with Uber too, like with Uber specifically in this arrangement is that they were already kind of operating this in like, you know, pseudo franchises for the black car mm -hmm. services. Right. Absolutely. And also they're literally reinstating a system that they're, they were purporting to disrupt. So this is, this is just as bad for the drivers. What what do you imagine is going to happen here? What do, what do you think is what has to happen with this with these companies? Because this whole concept of gig workers is really, I mean, most people are going to be gig workers. There has to be. I'm not saying a third way, but do we have to radically rethink what an employee is overall, and then use some? of I mean, do we the have right to rethink thing? what an employee is, or just know. treat employees well? I'm like employees are employees are employees. I just. I find it like so you're on the Vanessa. Yeah, I find it very grating that these companies are, you know, 
acting like a gig work one is this like completely new category of work and that because it's gig work, they don't deserve rights. I think that what you are going to see is more labor organizing around this. And you, I think that the drivers and the labor organizers are who are going to push these companies to change because it, it's just not, it's just not tenable. And truly it's, it's not fair. And you're just seeing that they're like, the company itself has no imagination. They're literally bringing back a system that they were like, this is a system we're disrupting. And right. all of this is to squeeze more labor and money out of workers. It's like Uber, like you would do better to treat your workers well. Well, so what do you what do you imagine is going to happen here? If 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 Prop Twenty Two passes, it's at odds with the law. Um, so what what do you ha- what has to happen? Just just treat them as employees if they work a certain number of hours. I mean, treat correct? them as employees. Like figure out the worker classification for sure. Because what this mm-hmm. is looking like to me is a pretty desperate gamble. And, um, you know, I'm like gambling. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And long term, right. this does not feel like a winning proposition for the company itself. So I don't understand why they are, you know, using this as a band-aid. This is bad. Yeah. So what do you, you know, you're someone who has, a, you, a lot of people who work for Uber are people who are, uh, lots of different kinds of people work for Uber. And so they have, does this help or hurt workers to have this? To have this this idea of more workers' rights in terms of extending it to everybody, and what can we do on the federal level? Is it? It's got to be universal health care. That that I think is one of the biggest showing through this. Other rights, including unemployment insurance. Vanessa was talking about inability to collect her. Yeah, they owe ten thousand dollars. One hundred percent. Like we that. need to give people health care. We need to figure out retirement and insurance because. Kara, the whole way that, like, you know, the companies lure people to drive for them is telling them that it, it'll make them financially secure. And all you're doing is, right. in, is like, increasing the precarity that they're in. But truly, right. the, the drivers are, the drivers are the force of the whole thing. There is no company without them. So I always struggle with this because... Yeah, you have been an independent contractor. Yeah, I've been an independent times. contractor Talk for... a little bit about that. And you're also have visa. You, you're from... You're, you're from... Oh, I'm uh, a refugee. Uh, I'm like a full, like, refugee, independent contractor, had to figure mm-hmm. out, like, a green card. This country is a nightmare for anyone who wants to work Explain for themselves. Explain it to people who don't understand, who, who don't... What what the difficulties you go through, because I think it gets so, goes so sucked up into partisan... Talk about the, you know, being an independent contractor and the difficulty of doing that and getting the rights you deserve. Right, so being an independent contractor, for me, I will say, has been, like, generally a net positive because I... Yeah, it's everything they tell you about the gig economy. It's like, you're flexible. You get to be your own boss. You get to which, set your which, own... Which Dara was pushing. Yeah, which, Dara which, was like, which I think is, like is great and honestly like something that um you know more conservative people should definitely push for i was like this is the pull yourself by your pants shit that you guys are preaching about all the time we love it but the truth is that also like being responsible for your overhead in this way is um i think like really stifles entrepreneurship because we live in a country that does not have a a solid like um Safety does not have a a solid, like, safety net. Like, I, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I had cancer for two years and was not able to work. And the only, like, truly the only privilege I had is that I had, like, a pretty healthy savings account. But it is nuts Mm -hmm. to have to live through your savings because, you know, like, we don't have good programs for that. Or also, you know, like, I, my health insurance at this point costs thousands of dollars a month, like, between health insurance and the drugs I have to take hanging on by a thread but I'm also very much like I don't have kids I don't have responsibilities so I can figure it out but at scale in this country this it's not normal it is truly not normal to want to just like make a living and to be a little more creative and how you do that and not want to participate in corporate America and not have any of these structures so much of retirement healthcare everything is tied to to like corporate employment here in a way that is and and that is going and that is going in a way that, and especially after this pandemic, people are not going to be hiring people back, yeah. you know, and people are going to be working from home and people are going to be gig workers more and more and more. I mean, it's just, I think most people feel like that's the way of the future. I think it's the way of the future. I think that, you know, for a lot of like people who are, you know, like a little bit younger, um, we can figure it out a bit more because you can have like one foot into you know, like doing corporate work and then come out and and consult and and do the like back and forth. And if you want to leave, you want to leave. But this country is very discriminatory towards older people. So that is not like mm-hmm. a an opportunity that a lot of people have. But I do think that this model of work is the future for so many people, whether you work mm-hmm. at a, you know, a fancy tech company or you or you don't. 
And so for that alone, I think that the federal government really needs to get involved in regulating this. But all of the other issues that we have, like childcare, healthcare, like whatever, all of that needs to get solved in order for people to just be able to contribute at work and to not feel like they are hanging on paycheck to paycheck. That was the point of Elizabeth Warren, who was just such a troller last night. I love the whole thing. She was the best. She had Joe in the corner, BLM in the blocks. It was, she was like... (laughs) I was like, that lady is just but cracks all, but me up. Kara, all of it, all of it is true, right? Like, I think that there, I think that there is a model in which these companies can get rich and still not treat people like, like yep. awful. You know, we, we need to figure that out. Especially if you are saying that the people are the power of your company. Like, right. billionaires need workers. Workers don't need billionaires. So figure it and, out. And, and and beyond that, I think a lot of parents who are of means and who had childcare, who had adequate childcare and had the ability to do that now, like I had someone's like, this is really hard having your kid at home without child. I was like, welcome to everybody right. else. Like you think, like I think for people, whether they go back to it once they get their full-time childcare or whatever, I think everyone understands the necessity of childcare. That was to me the, the most important thing. Last question on this, and then we'll go to a break. What do you, uh, Dara did talk about the idea of, uh, uh, of doing this and it happening and having this thing happening today, which is closing down. Do you think consumers are going to, he's hoping that there's a hue and cry that we need our cheap Ubers. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen quite that way. I I think people are going to realize what this business model really means is they've been getting a free ride. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I'm literally one of the, I'm one of the people who bought a car in the pandemic. You know what I mean? I was like, I, uh, there is a growing trend of people who are not me who are going to buy cars. And yeah, I was like, if the alternative is to figure out public transportation or to own your own transportation, I'm like, I will do either of those things before like, I will do ride sharing again, you know? And right. and I think that that's something that's worth considering. But truly, it, it just makes it hard if you are a consumer who is even a little bit um, conscious of the choices that you make to support them as a company. Right. And they're the ones right. that make it hard for you. So, right. And it's not just Uber, it's Lyft and, yeah, and it's Instacart. Uber, Lyft, oh, Instacart, yeah, all of them. And the problem is that that convenience is what we really Amazon. do need in the pandemic. But you can't right. turn regular people into frontline workers and not pay them like their jobs matter. So 100%. That's as, as, as Nicole Hannah-Jones says, they are sacrificial yeah, workers, not essential. it's awful. I, I will say that over and over again. I thought it was one of the most important things. All right, Aminatu, let's take a quick break and come back to talk about Apple becoming the world's first $2 trillion company and a listener mail question about how we keep one another close or not during the pandemic. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Apple was the first company to become a $1 trillion company back in 2018. And now two years later is the first company valued at $2 trillion. A lot of people thought Amazon would get there first. As recently as mid-March, Apple's value was under a trillion dollars, but quickly climbed back in recent weeks. Despite growing calls from Congress to examine the monopoly power of big tech companies, Facebook, Google, Amazon, uh, and have grown even more powerful during the pandemic, along with Target and Walmart, by the way. Um, they're doing rather well. All, all the big companies are doing well. What do, what do you think about this $2 trillion situation? I mean, 
Apple adding a trillion, you know, in value over the past, I guess, like 20 weeks, 21 weeks is... To me, it's concerning in when you think that when you consider that the backdrop is that the global economy is shrinking faster than it right, ever right, has before, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that concerns me. That yeah. really, really, really concerns me. Um, it concerns me that we are, you know, inequality is just like growing leaps and bounds, and um, rich people are just getting richer and richer and richer. You know, I just mm-hmm. I. If Apple were a country, I think at this point it would be like the eighth yeah. like richest country. Do yeah. we really need that? Do we need that? I'm not sure that we need what that. Do we, what, do, what do we do about that though? Because it's not, this is the stock market putting these valuations on these companies. So there's not, it, it, it definitely is a juxtaposition when they're getting to $2 trillion and then they're fighting with something like Fortnite and all the developers over power. Um, what, what, what's the, what's the, What's what to do about it? What is your perception? Because you can't really change what Wall Street is valuing. It yeah, at. I mean, we can't change what Wall Street is valuing it at, but I think that what we can do is hold them more accountable to what they're doing. You know, we were talking about um, the issue with Fortnite, and I'm like, that is, it's interesting that this is happening as they're facing the biggest legal challenges than that they ever will in their mm-hmm. history. And I think that we're just going to keep this is just going to keep happening more and more. For me, it's really a question of like, what are you doing with that growing revenue? How are you being held accountable? Because the the more um, the more valuable the company is, the harder it is for, um, you know, for people outside of the company to really have a grasp on what's going on. And so right. that, I don't know, that really concerns me. It's also just, it's one of these, like uh, watching them like really tout this in a press release during COVID is, you know, that seems very crass to me. Um, but yeah, I, like you, I'm like, I'm watching and I'm curious, but I, I, I feel that we are watching an acceleration of something that cannot be good happen. So we'll yeah, see. What, what do we do? What do we do? What, what happens? Watching it is one thing. Is there, yeah, you know, I don't know there, if there's anything you no and I can do. About, I think that... Uh, no one's thought of breaking up Apple. Apple was yeah. not thought of being broken up. Others have. You know, they think about all, all the others, Google, Facebook, Amazon. That's been discussion. Is there a breakup here? Or is there a necessity for a breakup? I mean, I, I definitely think that they need more regu- They need more regulation in their, in their hardware ecosystem. Like, that's one <laughs> thing that can happen. I think that... Right. Um, you know, uh, something needs to happen with the payment systems. Like there is a monopoly there also that is concerning. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it's like if, if now on the, like just thinking about the fact that they take a 30% cut in the app store, yeah. just it seems like extortion at this point. It's like, what do you yep. need all of this for? But yeah, it's like the way that I look at this is that the, the government has to step in again. You know, we like yeah. there's nothing that you and I can do. Um, and the rest of us are all watching, but I just, I just wonder, I'm like, is the government also watching this and just excited about it? Or are we, or are they understanding that this is actually a problem? So what is the next $2 trillion company? Because that's where this is headed. I mean, I like thinking about that is giving me agita. I mean, Amazon, obviously. Uh, Do you think they're mad that they didn't get there first? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think Jeff Bezos is very happy with himself. He's very happy with himself. Very happy with himself, the Jeff Bezos story. Uh, (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think he has no problem with that. I don't think he cares. I mean, yeah, probably them and who else? Uh, Google. Uh, followed well, by Microsoft. Well, you know, there, it's just big, 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 big in all areas. And and again, let's just stress, this is not just tech companies. Walmart and Target had their best quarters ever, like because they were designated, you know, the places people could shop compared to small businesses. Even though, you know, you could buy anything at a Walmart or a Target, it was designated a grocery store, an essential service. And so everybody who had all those smaller stores with other things that were not deemed essential, even though they're inside of a, you yeah. know, a Walmart, um, you know, got killed. You can see boarded up, yeah. you, could, you know, just even in New York, watch the only thing that seemed to be doing okay were finally restaurants. Some of the restaurants were doing better because they were able to operate outside. But, you know, the boarded upness of the entire city was really, and here too, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, and small businesses are just, um, you know, I think in New York, the, the stat that I saw in the Times Metro section was that probably a third mm-hmm. of those businesses will never come back, which is never so sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, like, I also just, um, I know that we've been like, like very negative about this, but you know, mm-hmm. I think that 
I just want to be clear that we're not intertwining the performance of tech companies with the wealth gap. You know, I'm like the mm-hmm. the tech companies are not responsible for for the growing inequality that we're seeing, but they're definitely an example of it. Um, right. And right. yeah, so I'm like, I'm not blaming Apple or the stock market or whatever for making trillions. I'm just saying that millions of people are out of work. Um, because of how we handled coronavirus. And the backdrop of this are these companies who are thriving and everyone else in a small business is doing very poorly. And that is not, that is not an America that is, that is sustainable. This is all yes. going, this and is they, all going to end badly. So maybe, maybe they will talk about it uh, at the, uh, at the democratic convention tonight. I hope so. Incoming, I hope so. They sort of did. They talked, let's see, gun control, gun Gun violence. They talked about uh, sexual harassment. They talked about immigrants. What, what, yeah, I guess they could. They could talk about this idea of that. Of that. They didn't really zero in on on the rich versus. Next the time poor you yet. should have like a, a a hedge fund person or whatever talk about. <laughs> um, do you love how technical I am? A, a, a hedge fund person or whatever. Um, I just want to hear more about these valuations because they're very perplexing. Yeah. They're very, yeah. very, well, very perplexing. And um, I, I have so many questions about them. Well, Wall Street is not Main Street. Okay, we're going to move on to another thing. You asked listeners, speaking of touching, and someone's going to talk to us, We, you asked listeners how they're navigating one another during the pandemic. Your book is about how to navigate friend, friendship and other uh, you know, relationships. So here is one listener's dilemma. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hi, this is Jeff from Oklahoma. I wanted to give an answer to Miss Sal's question regarding boundaries during COVID. My oldest son is a congenital heart defect patient and at great risk of the most detrimental effects of the virus were he to be infected. Thus, we've been in various stages of quarantine since late February. We haven't let a single person even near our home without specifying that they need to be in a mask and distance from all of us. But I'm having to make a much different decision now. My baby brother is dying of liver and kidney failure at 32. I've had to make the agonizing decision to not be there as he moves into hospice. Even if I were to quarantine for two weeks after his inevitable passing, I can't guarantee that I won't myself contract the virus, pass it on to my children, or possibly die from it. I feel life's experiences and problems are relative, so I'm sure there are horror stories that make my own current circumstances pale in comparison, but having the courage to make sure that I extensively question anyone who comes near my home has been a no-brainer. I'm curious how the two of you are negotiating these things and what kind of boundaries you set up. Thanks for everything. I love your show. I'm okay, comparatively. Wow. This is such a heartbreaking kind of voicemail to get. I am, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm really grateful for this, to this person for calling in and just really just heartbroken for them because everyone is having to make these really impossible decisions during coronavirus, mm-hmm. like impossible, yep. impossible decisions. And this one, this one is definitely up there in the in the puzzle of how do you how do you figure it all out and you know it it makes me um it makes me really upset Kara because there there was a different way that this could have been handled um where people mm-hmm. would not have to choose between um which relative do you have to see like whose safety are you putting yeah. first what are you doing it is just um this is really upsetting to me it's a grading thing because it's not this guy obviously has a worse time with his child and and relatives being very sick, but people do also deal with it on a very basic level. I know, I, I think Amanda's very, she can't, she can't, the baby can't see yeah. her grandparents and she's very close to her family. Yeah. Friends can't see each other. You can't, I can't see you, yeah. for example. Um, I've gone to two you know, Zoom funerals since quarantine has started. Um, right. We have another uh, Shiva on Zoom next week. This is all very, very, very upsetting to me. You know, um, people right. cannot grieve appropriately. There is mm-hmm. no closure. There is no end in sight. Um, and and again, when we are confronted with choices like the one the listener is making, mm-hmm. I think that having a little bit of grace for yourself is important. And, you know, making making choices and and rationalizing them to yourself is the only thing that you can do like i um you know we are not in a position to say like what is what's the best thing to do but i think that for anyone who is but i think that for anyone who is listening at home i think that really having this perspective of okay like sure like maybe you want to go to a bar or maybe you want to see people or you know or maybe you really do need to see your parents or you want to socialize with people but i think that really remembering the sobering truth that 
there are harder and other choices that people are making. Yeah. And every yeah. choice that you make as an individual impacts the collective. And so yeah. that is, you know, I think that like from an ethical perspective and really from a from a place of just like wanting to be a good citizen <laughs> and a good member of, of my community, that is something that I struggle with all the time, you know? Well, it's interesting because I think people are, that's, the level of selfishness has surprised me, although there's been a lot of moments of grace and people are being lovely. Like I found people in New York great this weekend. You know, I mean, I was expecting like an onslaught of attitude, but it wasn't that. It was actually lovely. People were really masking up. They were being New Yorkers are great. Respectful. New Yorkers are great. It was sort of, I, of course, but then I was like, I was getting to the toll booth. I was putting on my mask. I happened to talk to my mom. I always use my mom's example. And she's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, the toll booth operator yeah. has to deal with people every day. Why should I try to get them yeah. sick? And oh, that's silly. And I was like, what is, I was like, literally, I like had the biggest, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are you homicidal? Like, are you homicidal? Like, it was weird. I was sort of like, what is, Tara, it's why a total, would you not It's a total that? lack of empathy and a lack of mm-hmm. just, I, I, I'm, I'm going back to like Michelle Obama's speech on night mm-hmm. one of the, of this thing. And when, when she really talked about the empathy piece, that has stayed with me for a long time because, yeah. you know, like Mary Trump talked <laughs> about that when we yeah. were with her also. Right. Just right. this complete disregard for other... It's like, what does it cost you to wear a mask right. for five minutes to, yeah. to pass yeah. a toll booth? It doesn't cost me anything. It's like, what does it cost you to, to just it's to homicidal. be a decent human being to other people and... So I don't know. It it doesn't surprise me. It really disappoints me. So give, give, let's do let's do something positive. Tell what me. what do you know? You your whole book is about how you and your best friend have maintained closeness with, through difficulties. Um, how do you maintain it in the digital space now? What advice do you have for people who are having trouble staying close to friends during time? It doesn't have to be as dramatic. Yeah, I as mean, a I, I will tell. I will confess to you that we did not write an advice book because we are not experts or qualified. Like it's very much. Um, you know, a uh, a memoir of our friendship. I think that um, in COVID, uh, you know, Anne and I do not live in the same city. So at the beginning of the pandemic, very much our friendship was not affected because we don't, yeah, it's like, it's the friendships with the people that you live in town with that are, you know, those had to go digitally very quick. But the longer this has gone on, the more uh, challenging it's been for all of us. I will say that the thing that has helped me the most is just being a little vulnerable with your friends and saying, and actually telling them like, hi, I am struggling to stay in touch with you and I want mm-hmm. to figure it out together. Because I think that the right. biggest lesson I have learned, at least in my own life, about any kind of relationship strife is that it is mostly a thing that you are talking to yourself about and not to the other person that's involved with in in the thing. And so... I think that just saying to your friends, like, hi, like I am zoomed out or I am, I am, I, I have childcare responsibilities. I have a lot of things. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know when I'm going to get a moment to myself, but you are someone that I think about a lot and you are someone who I want to try to integrate into this, um, you know, into so my quarantine explicit. to be very explicit about it. Sometimes even just saying that like takes all of the pressure off because you have now both right. reassured each other that you are struggling with the are, same are thing. Are there better... Are there better tools that you found that, you know, to do that? I, I think FaceTimes. Like, Tara, we're doing a lot people. of FaceTimes. I don't, I, yeah, I yeah. have been really baffled with how, um, I understand why for work we have to use Zoom and video chat. I completely understand right. it. Right. I don't understand right. why everyone has decided that the technology of work also has to apply to friendships and to relationships. I see. Because that oh, just makes point. it harder. Just call people. Yeah. What do you do with people who don't live in your town? Just call them. I was like, I, I call my dad. I call my friends. I think people appreciate that. I also say, um, when you think of someone, immediately get in touch with them in a way. It doesn't have to be a phone call. You can drop them a letter right. in the mail. You can a letter. Let, yeah, you can drop a postcard. Kara, I send you postcards. Don't act like this is weird. Know. You know what I gave? I know. I know. I'm teasing you. I gave Louis stamps, and he was he still can't. Figure I know. Out remember where to put the, the address? remember when Louis called us one time because he couldn't figure yeah. out the postage situation, the post office. Postage, yes. He was like, "What do you do?" <laughs> he was like, "So you stand what in line do? and then you buy stamps yeah. and then they make sure." He didn't know where to put the address. He put the he. I literally mailed something for him, and he had the address in the in the return address. That's there. not I was his like, fault. The they should be address. teaching that in high school. Okay, I that know. is not I his fault. But listen, I was just saying, like, you should get in touch with someone. Like, um, this, uh, yeah. like, I I have a friend who is very good at this. Who she will just call you and uh, leave you a voicemail. Like, she knows that you're not going to mm-hmm. answer, and she just leaves you a voicemail. I love to listen to uh, the voicemail. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out what your people want. I don't think that there's one size fits all 
advice, but I think that instead of carrying what the is, guilt, what do, you, what do you not do? What do you? What is the worst thing in this digital I space? I do not to- um, video FaceTime people who I know don't want to be on uh, FaceTime. I think yeah. the worst thing that you can do also is just not being explicit with your words. It's just not telling people yeah. that they matter to you and Word. you care about them. Like that is the the worst. Just tell people and then figure it out. That's the beautiful thing about friendship is that the two people in the friendship get to define the rules of how yeah. they do their friendship. Right. And and when you take away from, if you were writing this book uh, that you wrote now, what would, what, what would be, so you already had the long distance yes. relationship. You were already working on that. But in general for people, if you were adding a chapter right now of how to deal with it in this time frame, what, what would you put in it? Always connect. I would put in it like connect that. when you can, but also, um, talk about how you are going to connect. Like, I think that that's important. Um, keeping okay. in touch is a muscle that you have to exercise. If you don't do it, you're right. going to be the person who doesn't keep in touch. If you try, you will probably get better at it. I also think, um, yeah, you have to be consistent in the way that you do it. I don't mean that in that you have to do it every day, but you have to figure out a rhythm that works. And again, uh, you're in a relationship with someone else, so you should figure out what that is. It's like, are they, you know... Yeah. Do they like it when you text yeah. them? Do they like it when you DM them? Do they like, yeah. I know it sounds very cheesy and it's all very, um, you know, it's like yeah, you got to no, talk about true. a lot of this stuff, but this is why, um, yeah. this is what makes like relationships great. Like whether they're romantic or not, is that you figure out each other's boundaries. You figure out what like people like and you, you get to infuse like your own, you know, your sense of like wonder and magic into it. And I think that you cannot do that if you are not in dialogue about what each of you want out of the relationship. I would like a hologram with you. Oh, I would give you a hologram, Kara. I would just be in your house all the time. What do you, like, do you, you would probably be like a really good, like Alexa voice. Like that's what you would be. I would be, I would be. I would like, I like FaceTime, especially with the baby. The baby loves it, loves Um, FaceTime. The baby is is always like very expressive on FaceTime. I get excited because I'm like, oh, maybe she's recognizing my voice. No, she's just stimulated. We love it. No, she recognizes you. Um, but it, it's really, uh, I like Face. I have to say I find FaceTime great for personal, especially because of the baby. But I like, you know, I like FaceTime. I do. Listen, I, do. I, I think like it, it depends. Like, I like FaceTime and you like FaceTime, so I'll FaceTime you. But, like, what do you do with the people who don't like FaceTime? I just, I text. That's my other, well, texting is my number You're one way to communicate. You're a good texter. Do you do, like, voice to text or do you text the no. yourself? No, I hate voicemails. I no, like I mean voicemails. like when no. you're texting, are you talking oh, into no, the phone do or do you no. like type no, the I words? T- I sit there with my little tiny digits and Yeah, you are a prolific text. texter. This is true. I am a prolific texter. This is true. I could move a bulk of my text. Anyway, this is really interesting time, uh, but we're going to have one more quick break uh, and we'll be back with predictions. Okay. Last week, Andrew and I talked about what cabinet positions might look like under a Biden-Harris administration. I know you thought that's what you were going to talk about, but you know what? The RNC is coming up. It's a scary thought, but any ideas what the Trump cabinet might look like if he gets reelected? I'm sorry I to put this burden upon you. I can't believe Andrew Russ Sorkin gets the, like, everything easy, and you're asking me to imagine the worst <laughs> empire possible? Come on. Come on, just a few. What do you? Who's gonna? Are they gonna? Are we gonna bring people back? What is he? He literally has dregs. Now. No, he literally he has, like, has dregs. He doesn't have anybody good. I was like, when you lose an evil name like Rex Tillerson, can you can you get yes. higher than that? Like, I don't think so. Right. Um, right. So, any will he will he if he loses? I think he's gonna have protests out his out the yin yang. I think if he wins, this is gonna be. I one think he's gonna name one of his kids in the cabinet. Like he's gonna have to, like a kid uh, or a relative. Uh, like there's just no. Um, like, you know, I'm Which just like, one? where else is he going to find these people? Um, I think like one of the... Who would you like him to have? Or act like you. He, he suddenly goes, oh God, I better like clean this up a little bit. What? Who would you Oh, like in more? a good, like he gets a mind yes. and he cleans it up? Yeah, because Hillary Clinton talked about that. I thought he might rise to the occasion. Barack Obama, I thought he might like understand the gravity of where he was. And then he did. I don't know. Like, Maybe if, like if suddenly he understands. This is such a like demented game, Kara, but I'll play along for two <laughs> seconds. All right. Okay. Um, Maybe Mitt Romney, like have Mitt Romney as mm-hmm. something important. Have, okay. um, and not make him have an embarrassing dinner. I mean, right? the dinner, like him- Mitt Romney has already humiliated himself. So that's his Humili- problem. Yeah. Um, well, he's, he's, Kara, these people are all bad. Like, have um, I don't know, Colin Powell, like somewhere defense. Have um, 
no, this is a bad game. It's like, I literally cannot see it because all the people yeah. who could have been, you know, doing this are all speaking at the DNC. So uh, unclear. Right. Yeah. But yeah, right, I just, right. I, I can't like, uh, I can't play. Who would game. be the worst? Who would be? Okay. Well, the I worst won't like you. Who is would be the- Betsy DeVos staying at her job, like at um, right. education. Okay. She's just like ripping the whole place apart from, from beginning. So mm-hmm. that's bad. Um, having like a straight up conspiracy theorist, like which there already are, but like someone like yes. fully from QAnon, winning GOP like, nominations. Yeah, those guys like, are winning GOP not. nominations. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Tom Cotton joining the administration, also oh, bad. Um, I don't oh, know, like Ben mess. Shapiro, uh, you know, like press secretary, bad. Um, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. No, thank you. Okay. So you don't see any, it's, it just can't it, happen. I mean, right? why That's do really- you think that it could happen? I always, you know what? I'm one of those people. I mean, but don't just, you think that that is... Um, cheater's going to cheat. I think he's going to cheat. I think if it's close, you're going to see a real... I, I think eventually he'll be out, but he... I think the Democrats are making their strongest bid right now. I think, I think you know, you could have a younger person than Biden. You could do a lot of things, but it's a, it's a good-looking pair. It's a, it's, a, it's a... Everybody likes him. This is the best effort going at this moment. And so if, if it doesn't work, it, it'll, I think it'll be protests 24 seven. I hope there are, I hope there are protests 24 seven. I hope he does not win. Um, it's just, I, you know, the Barack Obama speech was really, it was like this, this oh. cannot go on. This is when Piss, I pissed off Barack Obama. I thought I'd never oh see my it. Right? Like, I, I honestly like was like, finally, so scared. Finally. It was like between him and Hillary last night. And they were like, uh, good yeah. luck, everyone. Take care of yourself. I was like, I cannot handle this. This is not yeah. okay. Yeah, I agree. It was, but I, I did like Kamala Harris. Kara, if you were going to be in the government, maybe not of this yeah. like evil like person, but if you were yeah. going to have like any government job in an like administration that you like, which job mm-hmm. would you like? I would create an, a director of the internet. Oh, that's good. I, I would create a new a new area because you know we have an SEC. We've got it's a it's a very distinct industry, and I would Andrew Yang wants the job, so I'd have to arm wrestle him. Kara, you like no offense to Andrew Yang. Well, some offense to Andrew Yang. You have more <laughs> tech experience than Andrew Yang. Okay, um, selling I, I, an I SAT company. You. I'm like, is that what makes you a tech I entrepreneur? Um, I, I like but that's him. just me. Um, I oh just very quickly Steve Bannon was just arrested. I think he he misspoke to Congress. Oh no. Um oh. I love it. Are we still facing consequences? Uh probably he'll pardon him. I mean, he'll definitely pardon him. Are you kidding? Who knows? Oh man, he I think he did actually lie to God. They 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 did a criminal the, the the bipartisan commission, the Senate commission did um did say Eric Trump Steve Bannon, a number of people. Oh, he was uh, charged with fraud for the border wall campaign. Oh, oh, that one. Okay, that was. I thought. I thought that was the Senate thing. Wow, fraud for the border wall. Whatever. Talk about he. That's it. All begin begins and ends with him, doesn't it? It really I mean, does. I have to say, Steve Bannon is probably one of the most single, most damaging personalities uh, in just our country. Awful, like Trump awful, 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 awful. I think he really did predict and facilitate Trump in a way that um, that I, I think people don't appreciate his impact. Same thing with Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, I mean, in really case, we- weaponizing, weaponizing we people's xenophobia. Um, weaponizing people's xenophobia and hatred. Well, let me tell racism. you the job that I want. Um, I okay. want to be on the board of the USPS because I looked up um, oh, the board members. It's like, like nine white dudes. Everyone is yeah. a lawyer. It is such a cushy job. First of all, you get paid like $50,000 for the board assignment. And then all of this other, uh, you know, like travel stipends or whatever. I'm like, none of these people need this. Please reform the board. Oh He's so good on the post office. I know. I'm like, reform the board of the USPS. That's the, um, I'm like, that's where I want to serve on, uh, on okay. that. Or just be I, postmaster I, general. I love the post. I love the postal service. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you this. I'm general. telling you this so that when you're queen, you remember to put me at the post office. It's the only assignment I want. I, I think All right. Okay. It's done, Amina. You've got it. You've got it. When I am, I will make you the head of the postal oh. service. If I had any cloud, it would happen. It would be very funny. I can't wait. You'd be like, you'd be so into stamps. You'd be like, all right. Actually, you know what? They have good they stamps. They do have good stamps. They currently, they there is um, the best stamp at the US, the best stamp at the post office right now, if you're looking to buy stamps, is um, they That's have funny. issued a Ruth a 
Asawa stamp. She's an amazing oh. um, artist. Those stamps are beautiful. Mm-hmm. There are, yeah. Look at the stamp collection online. You don't have to go with the boring ones. That's they're like, there's some stamp. beautiful, I, I, beautiful I, I, stamps. And the, and the postal server, when I was there recently, they were like, buy some stamps and help us. And these are great. They were all excited about showing me their stamps and they were all great. They were all great. Anyway, Amina, it's been a pleasure hosting with you this week. What advice do you have for Baratundi Thurston, who is co-hosting with me next week? What should we discuss? Wow. What should you discuss? Well, definitely ask him um, who his creative picks for the Trump administration 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> will be. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about hearing those. Um, I'm going to ask him. He's yeah, I think you should ask him that. I think you should ask him... Um, yeah, you should also ask him like what he wants to do in the government. I see what you're doing. All of your guests are just your shadow cabinet, so... I, I'm, I'm loving this for you, Kara. You would totally be my um, chief of staff. What's Scott up to? Is he, uh, like, what's his, uh, what's his deal? When is he coming people. back? He's in Nantucket. Ugh, being... Living his best life. Well, his fans have been uh, tweeting at me. So, uh, oh, really? so like, uh, oh, no. Scott will be back from, from, from Nantucket very soon, everyone. No worries. Uh, no. Oh, my God. They, they love you. Don't even listen. They, it's t- listen, they, weird, love, they love Scott. He has a good fan base. I'm into it. I know it does. I know. I know. It's, don't t- don't say anything. <laughs> anyway, we did we did a live pivot yesterday, and so he got his he got his game on, and they got enough of Scott, so that's fine. Anyway, I'm glad I'm I'm going to be happy to have him back too. But I love having someone like you and all the all the uh, Stephanie Rule and Andrew, and and I'm excited for next week. So I can't um, wait. Anyway, speaking of Scott, uh, we hope you've been loving our live stream series called Pivot Schools. You can still get tickets for next week's show at pivotschool.com. Next week is Sundar Pichai. Yay! It's Tim Wu and. Sundar Pichai. I think it'll be great. Um, and now I'm going to, I'm going to, can you read us out? Can you read us out, Amina? Um, that would be great. I can read us out. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sananes. Fernando Finate engineered this episode. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks again to me, Aminatu, for co-hosting this week. Uh, Kara. Aminatu! <laughs> Kara, thanks for having me. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. Kara will be back next week with Baratunde Thurston co-hosting The Breakdown on all things tech and business. And just remember Amina's book, Big Friendship, How We Keep One Another Close how we keep one another close. And she's also the co-host of a fantastic podcast called Call Your Girlfriend. Thank you so much, Amina. Thank you, Kara. I'm going to miss you. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.